Alexis, thank you for doing this interview with me. I'm so excited. <laughs> thank you for asking me. Of course, of course. So we can start off. I usually ask everybody, who is this person? So who is Alexis today? Oh. <laughs> In this moment. <laughs> Jeez, I feel like that's like the existential question. <laughs> yes. Huh, who am I? So um, I'm a queer, black, feminist, DC girl. Okay. <laughs> um, I am uh, like uh, a movement builder, social justice activist. Mm. Um, I'm an artist. Yeah. So it feels so weird to say that. <laughs> um, I'm an artist. I feel in lots of ways I'm coming into. Um, my understanding of what it means to be a culture maker, mm. um, a cultural worker, um, and a partner, my daughter, <laughs> like, um, I'm a god mommy, Yay. all those things. Yeah, yeah. So when you said a culture maker, what is that? Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm in the process of like thinking about like what it means to be a black woman who is a descendant of mm -hmm. captured and enslaved Africans mm -hmm. in this country. Mm -hmm. Like I've like I've already known that that's who I am, mm -hmm. and um, I mean I don't know. I'm just in this process of understanding mm -hmm. and um, remembering mm -hmm. like what the cultural ways and practices were yeah. of my ancestors that like made it possible for me to be here. Right. right? right like, right. like what, like what are those cultural components mm -hmm. that helped them survive? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and discovering all of those that are still alive in mm -hmm. me in ways that I don't even notice and pay attention mm -hmm. to, and then intentionally connecting to those and trying yeah. to like bring them forward and like use them yeah. to, as a way to to figure out the solutions and the um, the pathways mm -hmm. to, to liberation yeah. and to like the life that they dreamed of for mm -hmm. me and for for descendants that come yeah. after me. No, yeah, that's good. I never even heard that. Yeah, so that that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so who was Alexis growing up, and how has she influenced who you are today? Oh, okay. <laughs> so Alexis growing up was... So um, I've come to understand mm -hmm. that <laughs> there's something associated with being a Gemini <laughs> and, like, the kind of kid I was, okay. right? So just, like, really inquisitive, like, mm -hmm. in, interested in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm... Um, like a, I love to like to learn something. Mm -hmm. As a kid, that looked like, like fickle, right? Okay. Like changing Got my mind. You. Like yeah, I would start yeah, this, yeah. and then I'm not into that anymore, yeah. and I start that, and then I'm that not into that anymore, or whatever. Yeah. So I would say that's a pattern that mm -hmm. um, that like marks my life, mm -hmm. and that's the kind of kid that I was. Mm -hmm. I was the kind of kid where if I decided I wanted to do something, yeah. once the decision was made, it was so, done. Yeah. It was like in it full steam ahead and yeah. that goes from like deciding that I wanted to play piano mm. to deciding that I wanted to spend my senior year of high school on exchange mm. in a foreign country mm -hmm, right like mm -hmm. just like a decision like once I decided that that's yeah. what I wanted to do all my energy went into yeah. making that happen yeah yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like how you said that though, because a lot of people can see that as fickle, right? Like having many interests or uh, many passions, and then 
turn around. Um, and I guess because a lot of people feel like they have to pick one thing that mm-hmm. they, they in their mind it's a box. They kind of put other people in a box as well, which is kind of kind of sad. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So when you were younger, what did, did you have something that you wanted to be when you grew up, or did you like using air quotes grow up? <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so I think with the the littlest me that I can remember mm-hmm. wanted to be a teacher. Okay. So like the end of the school year was my favorite time of year because yeah. teachers would have all of those like materials in the classroom that they were getting rid of yeah. and I would bring them home <laughs> and I know I'm dating myself when I say this but they used to have attendance cards okay and so it would be like this little green card yeah. and it would have like a grid on there for like yeah. every single day of the school year yeah and they would like mark your attendance on yeah. the attendance cards I used to be so excited to get a stack <laughs> of attendance cards for my make-believe students that's really cute um so like I had I got chalkboards, different versions of chalkboards for like wow. every Christmas and I would oh, okay. like teach all my kids yeah. and like smack my bed with a yardstick. Oh, no. Like I just was like, <laughs> trying to get my doll's attention. So so the littlest me wanted to be a teacher. I was yeah. sure about that. Yeah. And then like an older me, like a like middle school age <clears throat> me, um, wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. And um yeah, I ended up being a teacher at mm-hmm. some point in time, but, mm-hmm. like, law never happened. Yeah. I remember, um, I think it was, like, I shouldn't have taken constitutional law at 8 okay. o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. when I wasn't, uh, <laughs> more, when I wasn't a morning person, yeah. and I remember going to University of Maryland one day, mm-hmm. trying to make it to that 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. U- constitutional law class, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, <laughs> never mind. Yeah. <laughs> remember that decision when yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't think that's the path that I'm going to, um, yeah. that I'm going to go down. So yeah. that's what I thought I would do. What drew you to being a lawyer exactly? Like, yeah, yeah. that's a good question. <laughs> I haven't thought about this, this in years, <laughs> but I actually think it's the same thing that draws me to social justice mm-hmm. right now that it was about like, like this is wrong. We yeah. need to make this right. Yeah. Um, when I was in my early years of college, i uh, had an internship at the AFL-CIO okay. and I worked in the civil rights department, right? Okay. And so it was, so my orientation to law was mm-hmm. still about like, yeah, social, yeah, social justice yeah. Yeah. oriented. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. It wasn't about like mm. corporate law and things like yeah. that. None of that yeah. interests me. Okay. Yeah. I always wonder, cause like when you said lawyer, I'm like, oh, lawyer, I never really, not that you could really peg you. I couldn't really peg you for a lawyer, like the whole, you know. The generalized makeup of a lawyer anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that... So could you take us through your... Um, how you got here uh, professionally? Like, so what were your, like, careers and oh, things yeah. like that? Sure. <laughs> so I started out as... Um, I graduated undergrad, mm-hmm. and um, I started out as a high school Spanish teacher. So my my path was that senior year of high school, I decided mm-hmm. I wanted to live on exchange in Argentina, mm-hmm. and okay, I did. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I came back, and so Spanish language and literature is what I studied in undergrad yeah. and in graduate school. And so right out of college, I was um, a, a, a high school teacher, and at some point um, I switched to elementary school, mm-hmm. um, still teaching Spanish. Mm-hmm. And like... Just very early on, especially when I was teaching elementary school and had a lot more um, interactions Mm -hmm. with children's parents, Mm -hmm. there was stuff that started to, it was just like feeling familiar, you know, I was, 
I was recognizing the impact that mm-hmm. systems of oppression was having on people's lives. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, there were things that felt really familiar to me as mm-hmm. a survivor of childhood sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I really didn't feel like I could have the impact mm-hmm. um, that I felt like I was here in the world to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to make learning a foreign language mm-hmm. relevant to people who had so many other things going on in their in their lives. And yeah. so I left the classroom and I started um, working as a bilingual advocate in a court-based mm-hmm. domestic violence program, mm-hmm. um, like supporting folks who um, who needed um, civil protective orders, who, wow. were flu- who were fleeing intimate partner violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and from... from like that direct service work was meaningful mm-hmm. and I, it was it was grounding mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in um like understanding the the impact mm-hmm. that uh gender-based violence had that racism had mm-hmm. that that you know institutions had mm-hmm. on you know particularly on like black bodies yeah. and black women's bodies yeah. where I was working and um I was just interested more in addressing the systems, mm-hmm. right? Like, okay, like, yes, this mm-hmm. is what is happening. Mm-hmm. It was important for me to be grounded in the ex- the lived experiences, my own lived yeah. experience and lived experience of other people. And then it became more important to me to, like, how do, how do we tackle the systems, yeah. right? How do we, mm-hmm. like how do I understand yeah. what is happening mm-hmm. systemically? Mm-hmm. How do I help others understand what's happening systemically? And mm-hmm. then um, how can we like disrupt the yeah. systems that are constructed to privilege some people and mm-hmm. harm others? Mm-hmm. And so um, I started to work in state um, uh, domestic and sexual violence coalitions mm-hmm. where I was able to do some of that, like really begin to do some of that anti-oppression work mm-hmm. And um, I felt really drawn to, like, the movement mm-hmm. aspects of it, right? Like, yes, how do we dismantle these systems? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, just work hard mm-hmm. in mainstream nonprofit organizations mm-hmm. in order to do that. And then around 2015, um, I got the opportunity to participate in a leadership development program mm-hmm. for folks, for leaders who were in the anti-violence movement called Move to Violence. And it was, it was a place that I had been looking for, yeah. like in, in the, the mainstream work, um, looking for other people who, who like remembered the roots of the anti-violence mm, movement, yeah, right? Yeah. Remember mm. like the work of, you know, queer black feminists and like you know, the beginnings at the DC rape crisis center is mm. the first rape crisis center in the country. And like people who were mm. just really steeped in an anti-oppression, anti-racist, anti-capitalist, um, uh, approach mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to social justice and to, um, to, to transformation and the leaders in that, um, program were asking the question of like, how do we get back to that? Yeah. Like, how do we get back to movement building? Yeah. How do we, how, you know, our, you know, VAWA mm-hmm. has been important. The Violence Against Women Act was really important in, um, you know, creating funding streams and creating, um, um, you know, the ability to, you know, build some systems and build some structures mm-hmm. and to respond to the violence. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also, it was also, it also developed inherently tied to the criminal legal system right, right. that was like so inherently harmful yeah, to, yeah. <laughs> to our people. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so, so 
being able to respond yeah. to survivors who yeah. um, who needed response went hand in hand with like over criminalizing, right. um, mm. you know, our communities. And yeah. so just really was interested in working with folks who were like, we've got to be able to see, you know, envision beyond this and yeah. and and, um, and uh, you know, figure out where the movement is going to go from there. Yeah. And um, that that program led me to where I am now. Mm. Um, I helped to lead a network of folks who, some are alumni of that program, and then others are folks who are involved in movement because that has been their paid work mm-hmm. for a long time, mm-hmm. or because they are people who, just because of this political moment that we're in, are like, uh-uh, like yeah. something has got to change, <laughs> yeah. like we have to do something. Yeah. And um, um, we organize around um, an orientation towards what we're for. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, we stay grounded in a clear understanding mm-hmm. of like what what exists mm-hmm. that is harmful to us that yeah. needs to be dismantled, but also and um, like very importantly with an eye towards okay. Mm-hmm. But once we once we take apart mm-hmm. harmful systems, yeah. what are we going to replace it with yeah. that is going to allow all of us to thrive? Because the habits of these harmful systems are so deeply ingrained in all of us mm-hmm. that if we don't intentionally spend time envisioning and practicing mm-hmm. something else, we'll, we'll just recreate the yeah. same thing because it's just in us, yeah. right? Yeah. We just, it, we have internalized all of this mm-hmm. so much. And so um, so the work that I do now with Resonance Network is about um, like engaging people's imaginations, envisioning mm-hmm. the world that we want, yeah. and like just taking risks in in communities right now to like wow. build it like yeah. let's create it let's yeah. make it right yeah. now like we want to do something different yeah how do we do it mm-hmm. right now with the people that we're in community with how yeah. do we be together right now how do we be together right now yeah. differently in a staff meeting yeah right? how do we make yeah. this staff meeting anti-capitalist <laughs> like how do we make this you know every yeah. single thing um that we're that we're doing yeah. trying to um trying to explore that and then trying to connect people across the country who we know are living in communities where we're practicing alternative ways Mm -hmm. um, of being together so that we can um, uh, learn from each other Mm -hmm. and and be connected so that like we can collectively act as a critical mass to to shift you know to shift communities to shift how we govern ourselves Mm -hmm. to shift the governments and the institutions yeah yeah. Okay. You can't just end it like that's it. No, that's really good. And it seems like it seems to be um like not on brand, but like who you were as a child. You know what I'm saying? Like even that like I've decided like this is what it is, we're gonna go get it. Okay, it's the same kind of I guess like an adult form, right? Like would you would you say that? Like I think you, so. Yeah. That's, that's so what it I've like. never thought yeah. about it that way. Yeah. But yeah, it's like I think so. I think one thing that I can say is that has been a um like been consistent mm-hmm. for me is that like when I can get clear, mm-hmm. if I can get clear on it, yeah. it's as good as done. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so like so this practice of like getting clear mm-hmm. on like, oh, actually what what is the world yeah. that I want to live in? What does that look like? Yeah. It's like once mm-hmm. I can get clarity on it, it's mm-hmm. like okay, mm-hmm. I can move towards it. Yeah. 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 It's something I can act on. Yes. Yeah. So earlier you not struggled, but it was a lot for you to say that you're. An I know artist. what words you're coming back to. <laughs> why is that? Why is why is that? 
hard for you to call yourself an artist? It's less hard now okay. because I've committed to mm-hmm. um, I've committed to saying it out loud over yes. and over again. And I think the reason I struggle with saying that I'm an artist is because mm-hmm. like capitalism has taught us yeah. that like an artist is a certain thing right yeah. yeah and that you have a certain pedigree and you have a certain background mm-hmm. and you have you know what i'm saying and mm-hmm. it like separates fine art from other kind of yes, art and all does. of this right you know and so it's mm-hmm. like within that kind of system mm-hmm. that i'm like okay well yeah. those are the real artists and then i just make art you no. know <laughs> so yeah. so and i and i'm like working to to yeah. interrupt that and i don't and at the same time i don't want to like devalue mm-hmm. the work of people who have like studied True. and like dedicated True. like years and years you know to their craft mm-hmm. and um I mean I'm somebody who has dedicated years and years to what I do right because it's been my practice right not because um it's been something that I've like invested mm-hmm. in institutionally um studying and mm-hmm. so um not a professional artist by any stretch of the imagination I've always been a writer I've mm-hmm. always been a poet like from like the first notebook I can remember having, right? Yeah. Um, I think I remember my first, air quotes, published poetry. <laughs> but my first po- published poem is probably in a dresser drawer in my mom's Aww. room. <laughs> it was, uh, it was like maybe fourth grade or okay. something. Yeah. There was a, um, one of the assignment, uh, assignment in my classroom was to like write a poet, write a poem mm-hmm. for a classroom poetry book. Aww, and I remembered cute. like mine was like one of the star poems. Nice. It was about, it was about a line soccer match. <laughs> Do you remember line soccer? No. <laughs> line soccer was something that you only played in gym in the city, I suppose. Okay. But it was like, there was a soccer ball uh-huh. and the two teams like lined up on each side yes. of the gym. And so like the goal mm-hmm. was like the line. Okay. Like, like you were trying to, like, you would run to the middle, two yeah. kids would face off, and they would try to oh. kick the ball through, like, that sounds the, uh, whatever. <laughs> so, there was something, I don't even remember the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know that's the subject matter, but I don't mm-hmm. remember, like, what the, the like, heart of yeah. the poem was. Yeah. But I do remember that I drew a soccer ball mm-hmm. and, um, like, I wrote this poem. Mm-hmm. So, very early on in fourth mm-hmm. grade, like, this combination between poetry and visual art like showed up in my life and um I only remember that in retrospect yeah so poetry was how I processed the trauma in my life poetry was how I like processed my emotions Mm -hmm. and for years and years and years it only existed Mm -hmm. in my um like in my journals and in my diaries um and like as I began to like read more poetry and like you know, understand poetry, study poetry in school and things like that. Then I started like putting putting it out in the world. So yeah. it'll be on, you know, I'll put something on a blog or, yeah. I, you know, submit yeah. something here or there. And um, I got to a point in like just, you know, like just processing stuff mm-hmm. that we process like therapeutically or otherwise where I felt like words were failing me mm. and I needed some other way to like move through yeah some emotions that I was um, trying to process and I just went to the art store. This mm-hmm. is the thing. Get clear. Just yeah. do it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, I need to try paint. Right. <laughs> like, no, never yeah. painted. Don't yeah. even remember painting in art class or anything. Right. Yeah. But went to the art store and I was just like, I'm just gonna buy everything yeah. I need. What do I need? I need yes. some paint. I need some this. I need some that. I need yeah. the other or whatever. And, um, like came home and that's how I started mm-hmm. painting. And I actually haven't stopped painting yeah. since then. So, yeah. It was many years before I actually took a class, mm. and um, and yeah, and I've been painting. I've been painting 
ever since. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. really cool. So in your mind, what makes an artist? Like, because you said before, um, I know you mentioned people studying. There's something else you said, though. But I wanted to ask you, in your mind, what determines if someone is can, can call themselves an artist or not? Well, now, mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's just that that's how some... If, you conceive yourself to be yeah, that way, then yeah. you're an artist and that's it. Yeah. Like, do you make art? That's good. Yeah. Do you make art? Yeah. You're an artist. <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Whether you make it for yourself, whether right. you make it for your kindergarten classroom, right. whether you make it for... Exactly. Yeah. Galleries. Yeah. Right. Do you make art? Yeah. You're an artist. The end. Yeah. Because I think, um, you know, I feel like some people feel like if you're not making money from your art, then you can't really call yourself an artist. But there's this thing about making art just for the sake of making art, right? Like like how you were talking about you can use it to process things or just because it feels good. You know yes. what I mean? And um, a lot of people miss out on the joy that it can bring or bring somebody else. Even if you, you know, if, if you never share it, I'm off for just like doing it for the sake of doing it and following those like urges. Like, hmm, maybe I could, maybe I could try this. It's like, no, it's silly. I have this, I have this theory that, you know, when you're, that's why I was asking about your childhood because I have this theory as a child, there's a lot of things we can learn from children because they're so open, they're so free. Like you go into a classroom and everyone's like, I'm an artist, I'm this, I'm that, I'm I'm a scientist, I'm a whatever. And it's it's like what makes it what makes a person a scientist? Do you know what I mean? Is it is it going through the scientific method? Is it, you know, um being curious and following I feel like for the same if we give that same uh credit to those people, even the scientists and philosophers of like the past not, some of them didn't study anything. You right. know what I mean? They just did it. And because of what they did, that's who they were. Um, I wish more people were would, and I'm ranting, but I wish they would embrace their artistic side. Not that it has to be like Picasso or whoever. You know what I'm saying? It's it, their own. When you talk about like those scientists who didn't study anything, yeah. and they but they followed something, yeah. right? Yeah. And it was that process of like, okay, you followed an inspiration, and this is where it led it led yeah. you to, right? Yeah. It led you to this invention. It yeah. led you to this like discovery yeah. of this like principle. Yeah. It like led you. It's like you followed inspiration, and you wrapped that in matter, and yeah. like here is this yeah. thing, and like that's what I think art is about. Yeah. I went to okay, so I don't know who your audience is, but that's I'm fine. about to tell you all about my womb space so so i um i went to this healer who does um um yoni steams right so like this vaginal steam Mm -hmm. um um healing modality and when um her name is munira and um shout out to this like wonderful um healing artist and the um one of the first things she said to me went because I was processing like I wanted to go and just like process being postmenopausal right Mm -hmm. and like actually like marking like this transition in life of um of like no longer menstruating Mm -hmm. and um one of the first things she said to me is that she's like your womb space Mm -hmm. is not just to create Mm -hmm. children like people who have wombs like that womb space is like the center of creativity Mm -hmm. it is the place where spirit gets wrapped in flesh Mm -hmm. and that is not just about making human beings i was like (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) yes 
yeah, yeah. And so when I think about, like, when I think about making art, like, yeah. even if it's, like, making a meal in the kitchen, yes. it's, like, when that inspiration yes. gets wrapped in matter, exactly. and, like, here is the thing, exactly. right? And so, like, that, like that's what yeah. making art is yeah. about to me. It's, like, taking something, it's, like, it's feeling that like there's mm-hmm. there's and, and I think you and I have talked about this before mm-hmm. like there has definitely been times where it's just the practice of it yeah. right like I'm just sitting here and I'm just like I'm gonna practice drawing these tomatoes yeah. right <laughs> yes. I'm like this is a practice of yeah. do I really see like of seeing what I see yeah. and not seeing what I think I see mm-hmm. right so like mm-hmm. yes I'm gonna mm-hmm. do this exercise yes. to do it and there are times when it's like, no, I'm mm. going to make back fat visible yeah. and beautiful. Yes. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to paint this picture yes. of these rolls yeah. on this woman's back yeah. because I'm going to make this fat black thin yeah. body visible to the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like there's there's this moment when it's like, oh, no, I mm. feel like inspired to do this thing. Mm. And I have like I'm going yeah. to do it. I yeah. have to do it. It's like these quilts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. These quilts on this. Um. Mm. um like right now, the project that I'm working on, I'm hand painting some um, some quilts mm-hmm. that were created by enslaved people yeah. um, onto uh, greeting cards, yeah. right? And for me, it's like number one. I've made a commitment because I create art and then it's just like all, I just hang it all over any empty space in my house, right? I don't like put it out in the world in any way. And so because of you, actually, very specifically because of you, um, like just encouraging me and like modeling how to just go out there and just like show my work. Um, I've made the decision that I'm going to create art that I don't hold on to. And the way to do that is like, I'm hand painting greeting cards. And like, that's like, I want to give those to people and put them out in the world. And I've been really inspired lately Mm -hmm. about, um, like cultural work. Like what is the cultural, like, what are the, what are the, um, like, I feel like right now I'm like harvesting the Mm. cultural brilliance of my ancestors And um, I was just really inspired by these quilting, these books on um, like how quilts were used Mm -hmm. to, um, to, to like, um, to give instructions on the Underground Railroad Mm -hmm. and like just these artifacts that like enslaved people like created this beautiful, Mm -hmm. brilliant art that they didn't get to enjoy, right? Like create this beautiful, brilliant art for other people and like Part of my, like, um, uh, living my ancestors' wildest dreams yeah. is I'm, like, recreating these images mm. and for, pe- for for our people yeah. to enjoy, right? Yeah. And so right now I'm wow. hand-painting some of these quilts on, um, on greeting cards. Yeah. Um, and to me, this is inspiration wrapped in matter, yeah. right? It's like I take the, mm. the, the, you know... let me borrow a little bit from my um, my um, AME um, (laughs) Christian black ancestors and the word became flesh (laughs) and and so and like that's what I feel like is happening right in the art creation it's just like inspiration wrapped in matter word became flesh you know like that's kind of what's happening in this art making process no that's good right this is amazing. I love everything you just said about um, just everything you just said. I was like, well, me was like, dang, like, yes, like really thinking about how you're saying like our ancestors didn't have a chance to enjoy 
And they were brilliant. They were brilliant and made incredible things. I mean, I want to go in through these books because it's kind of it's kind of intense to look at the masterful craftsmanship and the conditions under which those Mm -hmm. things were created, Mm -hmm. and that they didn't get to enjoy at all what they were created. In fact, were brutalized. You know, in the creation of it. Yeah, yeah. But what's amazing is even like how their art lasted like even though it was used to benefit other people it's almost like jokes on you because these quilts mean x y and z you know like (laughs) right you know what i'm saying and i'm selling my way up out of here exactly exactly (laughs) i think that's beautiful yes so you touched on being postmenopausal. yes okay um you touched on being postmenopausal. um and i think for a lot of people Society is is wrapped up in age and like youthfulness and being you know staying as young as you possibly can, and um, even for a lot of people my age, like talking about the quarter life crisis, like who am I? What am I doing? I'm not I'm not really putting in anything into life. Like what is the meaning of my life? How do you and because of that, sorry, talk even talking about like artistry. Some people feel like they're too old to learn. They're too old to like, and it's silly, right? It's silly. It is. But I think a lot of people get stuck in this mindset that if you haven't, like, hit it by, like, 25 or, like, I don't know, 30 even, then, like, oh, you know, the space you're making, I wish people could see the space. I wish you could see it. So here's, yeah. here's, what, I, here's what I'm going to say about a quarter-life crisis. Like, <laughs> let's just start there. <laughs> so your brain isn't fully developed exactly. until you're yes. 24 <laughs> years old, right? Like, you can't even claim, like, human beings cannot even claim being fully adult mm, until yeah. their prefrontal cortex is right. completely developed and that's not until 24 so you ain't even have a full yeah. brain until 24 <laughs> so how in the world people think yeah. at 24 yeah. they are going to be like manifesting what they are in yeah. this world to do and all of that is absurd yeah, yeah. it's absolutely absurd yeah. like we have a whole entire life Yeah, we have a whole entire life and guess what that yeah. means we have decades to change our yes. minds we have like I mean like we like it is the journey yeah right it is the journey is to like figure out what we're here for like what our purpose is and to do it and part of the purpose is the figuring it out right and so yeah (laughs) like so holding on to youth I like mm, something happened at Mm. 40 like so I'm 46 at 45, mm-hmm. I kind of got a taste that something was definitely mm-hmm. changing in okay. my life. Like, I I certainly felt like the orientation of my life was shifting yeah. from the first half to the last half, gotcha. right? And so, like, so thinking about legacy mm-hmm. did not come with, like, regret yeah. and, like, all these things. It came with... Um, an assessment of, okay, so this is the sum total of my experiences. Mm-hmm. They weren't mistakes. Yeah. It was not wasted time. Yeah. Like this is pointing the way mm-hmm. towards my path, yeah. right? And yeah. like what I'm here for. And so I um like the first 45 years was like learning about yeah. um like just who I am in this point in time as yeah. a person, right? So what it means to be a fat, black, queer, single woman, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like all of those things in America, yeah. like at this particular point in time, what it has meant for 
for my people to survive in order to be here. The fact that I'm here at this time, like in this body, what it means for my family and for people I love to have endured the traumas that Mm -hmm. they have, um, that they have endured. Like all of that is not coincidental, right? Like all of that lays out a path for like what I'm here for. And so in the second half of my life, Mm -hmm. I feel really, really clear Mm -hmm. that my work is to heal the wounds of my ancestors Mm -hmm. and to create fertile ground for descendants Mm. and I know that those descendants won't be my biological descendants right I won't biologically have children but there are like descendants in my family there are like the people who will live after me like I am I'm actively thinking about every day like what is it like what what's the work of healing myself right what is it in me that needs to be healed so that I can be the person who can create this world right like how so that I can be in the world um so that I you know we can't have a transformed world without transformed people Mm. right yeah and so um like my my orientation is towards how how am I transforming how am I becoming more and more Mm -hmm. um of the, the kind of person that mm. I want to leave this world to, mm. right? And so I don't, like, youth to me is not, I mean, I'm, I'm not hankering to hold on to youth, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm, like, hastening my elder self. I'm, like, yes. Like, wait, I'm, like, gray hair, come in. I'm, like, I want it. Like, I'm, like, yeah, I'm, like, hastening that. Not because, I mean, there's a particular kind of elder I want to be, right? I want to be fly. I want to still be nimble. I want to still be limber. I want to be, like, all those things. Um, I want to be healthy. I want to be able to, like, move around, do things I want to do in the world. And there's a role in the world for elders and I want to be that, right? I want to, I want to, um, like, and, and there's, um, like some, some people get to their elder years Mm -hmm. and can't step into their role of elder because Mm -hmm. they haven't healed enough. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to be that elder. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I want to be an elder. I don't want to just be an old person, mm, right? That's, yeah, that's I don't want good. to just be a senior citizen. Yeah. I want to be an elder. I want to have something to contribute. Yeah. I want to have wisdom because yeah. I've done the work, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, to, uh, like, to heal and to, yeah. to like, be creative yeah. and to, like, be supportive of other people's dreams, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be a crotchety old woman who's, like, yeah. talking about people and causing harm and all that stuff, whatever, because yeah. God knows I have endured... <laughs> enough of that yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. we all have them oh, <laughs> in yes, our families in our churches in our yeah. communities like we all have that like I don't want to be that mm-hmm. and um like my work in my 40s is about okay so so then like what what else do I need to heal yeah. so that I cannot be that yeah. and so that so that I can be an asset to my community mm-hmm. as an elder that's good that's a really good perspective to have I think because you know, even though, okay, society glorifies youth and almost idolizes it, it's almost, it's silly because when you're young, you do dumb things, you do very, you know, just immature things, you know, and there is beauty to growing older that people, I feel like, have lost. Like, you know, even like you read about, like, gray hair being like, in my mind, I see royalty. Like, whenever I see, like, you don't know, like, you've been here, you know things, like, I want I want to glean everything I can from you, I want to, you know, but I feel like society has a, an issue with throwing older people out, or throwing them away, or making them feel that way, and people internalize that, 
And I don't think we were ever meant to live by that standard. Because, you know, in real life, it's like, okay, you're just, this is how many years you've been on earth. You know, like, that doesn't stop your creativity. It doesn't stop your dreaming, your, your ambitions, none of that. But people feel like... Like, I've heard this too often from people who are older than me, but even my age, you know, be like, oh, I'm too old for that. I'll, I want to, we were joking last time we had, we were here at the party and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a, um, a dancer, like a, like, um, you know, on HBCUs when they have those like dancers and the band and stuff. I was like, I want to do that. And I really do. I want to learn how to dance. And so they were joking and saying, um, oh, you're too old for that. Or maybe if you started 15 years ago. And in my mind, I'm like, but Why? Why can't I start well, why? now? Yeah, right. I'm almost 30. Why can't I start right now? Like, <laughs> Yo, this is what like blows my mind when yeah. I think about Toni Morrison. Yes. Yes. Her yes. first novel yes. when she was 40. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? Yes. yes. Wait a yeah. minute. Yeah. Like, too late for what? Yeah, for who? Like, like it's, it's never so silly. T- like, why? As long as you have breath in your body, it's never too late. It's- there was a woman, um, she's in her 90s, and she just started painting. And, like, so she, they had a whole, um, I, I don't know where it was. It was, like, on public television I saw it. But they had a whole, like, segment on her because her art was so great. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, moving. And, and I think that for for some things, there's you need life experience in order to really create the thing that really moves people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like it's not it's not gonna happen when you're twenty something. It's not gonna be thirty, forty. Sometimes you need to it be can. old. It can, absolutely. But like for some people, it's just gonna happen when you're older. You know, even for me with the music thing. Like I'm just starting and again that's a whole thing like, oh you should have started, you know, ten years ago. I'm not gonna mourn the time that passed because I needed that that time was dedicated to other things. I need right. to know I need to know who I was first in order to create music that was authentic and really real and like to have the stories that I can tell. And I think for some people for me it's really hard not to internalize that and be like, dang, I am too old to pursue it or I'm too old, I'm not I'm not as sexy as such and such or whatever. Cause you know, black when you get older your body just does different things, you know what I'm saying? And that's fine. Um, but I think I've just got to the point over my, my quarter life crisis where I'm like, are you really not going to create anything because you think you're too old to, or like, that's so, that's so silly and it's so selfish. And it's so capitalist. Yeah. Right? Like Mm. capitalism teaches us that we're only valuable to the point that we can produce. Yeah. Right? Wow. To the the degree that we can produce something that is, um, marketable. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, Yeah. And so... No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right? Like, my value is not yeah. in, like, what mm. I can produce yeah. to be sold. Yeah. Like, that is not and, and what for my some, value is in. Some people need to create. I just feel like I have a need to create, period. Right? Yeah. Like, if I don't, I feel like I would die. Right. Because, what, like, and I don't say that to be dramatic. I'm being very serious. Like, I feel like, so, or something in me would die. Like, I feel like I would keep living, but I wouldn't be my full self. And for some other people who are stopping themselves from creating or, or attaching their worth to what they create, it's like you can see the pain of them not creating. You right. know, what I'm, like, and that right. pain can turn into bitterness, into pers- a person being mean, or like what you're saying, like crotchety and things like that. Like, it, it's so to me, it's mind-boggling, but not really. Like, it's mind-boggling how much we stop ourselves. Like, who says you can't? Like, if somebody wants to model when they're seventy-five, why right. not? Why not? Go get a photographer. Get you know what I'm saying? Like get it. What? Get Are it. you kidding me? Right. But yeah, no. I'm sorry. That just that just really moved me when you when you were talking about that. Like, dang, I didn't even think about like think about that being capitalist. Like, I am. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
what's marketable. I am what I can produce. Like yeah. my, my value is tied yeah. in, like tied into what wow. I can produce. Wow. And I feel like sometimes that taints art, yeah? Like if you're if you're if you're trying so hard to make something marketable, it's not gonna be true, it's not gonna be authentic. And then it's not gonna resonate with who it needs to resonate with. Right. Yeah. So right. So um I wouldn't like I'm not someone who I try to stay engaged mm-hmm. in my artistic practice in yeah. the work I do, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm somebody who intentionally creates art for gotcha. movement, yeah. right? Yeah. There are people who intentionally create art for movement. Yeah. And in conversations with artists mm-hmm. who are who, who are doing that, there's always this this tug. Mm-hmm between like I just want to create for me yeah. versus I want to create because I'm being paid to produce yeah. this thing right yeah. like it's a, I just, even yeah. in your response it's yeah. just like you you can see it's just like yes I want to <laughs> do this and yeah. it's like the life the, the 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 energy is just very different yeah. when yeah. it's I'm I'm making it because this thing needs yeah. to exist in the yeah. world like, it's like why it. can't that be enough it's just because it needs to exist yeah that's it boom walk away just Done. I'm done. Yes. It's here. Yes. There you go. You were born into the world. Do your yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. No, Even if way. your thing is sitting up under that paperweight on the corner of my desk. I mean, right hey. here. <laughs> that's that real. Thing. That's right. real. Yeah. Um, so sorry. And making me smile every morning. Yes. Right? If that's the only reason why this exists. And that can be enough. And that could be enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about you and your art and your creativity. Yeah. Yes. So how did you ouch. So how did you like begin begin painting i know that you said like one day you just like okay i need to express words won't give me what i need or words won't express what i need to express so how do you feel like painting has done that for you like oh it's such a good question so um so i started painting i can't even remember what my first paintings were all i remember is that they were terrible (laughs) they're probably in a box in that closet somewhere they were just horrible Mm -hmm. and then one day I went to a I just but 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 it didn't matter Mm -hmm. like I needed to be um there was something that oh my gosh like this is actually really touching me deeply in a way that Mm -hmm. I didn't expect right now because I don't think I've ever been asked this question Mm -hmm. there was something about um like there was something that was in me that I was feeling and it just needed to come out of my body, right? And so like the act of like putting paint on a brush and putting it onto a canvas, it was yeah. just like it was just coming out of my yeah. body. Yeah. And the fact that it was just like this lopsided owl, <laughs> this like crazy looking yeah. and all this like none of that stuff, none of that stuff really mattered. Mm-hmm. It was just it was it was like me seeing that <clears throat> number one that I can do something mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have to be perfect the first yeah. time I do it yeah right mm-hmm. that like oh I can actually paint over this mm-hmm. I can actually paint over paint this whole canvas black mm-hmm. and just like start all over <laughs> or I can just get another canvas or I yeah. can just paint on paper or yeah. I can just paint something and like throw it away and yeah. it can never you know you know just like I could do um, I could do these things, but there was all there was something very particular about me being able to witness myself improving, mm-hmm. right? Like to to have this visible marker of yeah. my growth, yeah, um, was was important and transformative to me, and it just spoke to other parts yeah. of my life. It's just like, no, this is this is how you get better. Mm-hmm. You keep coming mm-hmm. back to it. You keep trying or yeah. whatever. And I think because so I was the kind of student where things came easily to me mm-hmm. and so I didn't I didn't 
um, like in the classroom wasn't the place Mm -hmm. where I had to apply rigor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Got you. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> I didn't have to practice. And and then when I tried to, like, play instruments and I just couldn't do it, I just yeah. didn't do it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, Arr. all right. <laughs> like, so, yeah. like, I never, and nobody was, stay, nobody was with me saying, yeah. no, stay stick with, with it. it. Right. Like, keep practicing, keep mm-hmm. practicing, keep mm-hmm. practicing, right? So I never learned how to hone, yeah. like, a particular craft. Yeah. It was either, it's like, I found the things that I was good at yeah. and I just did the things mm-hmm. that I was good at, right? Yeah. And so I was not good at painting <laughs> when I first started painting. And yeah. then one day I went to these, like, Living Social had this, like, paint and sip thing. Yeah. It was before everybody and their mama was doing a paint and sip thing. It was like, yeah. it was like uh, with a, with a, like, there was an artist there. Mm-hmm. And rather than, like, trying to copy this painting, mm-hmm. each easel had, like, a photograph. Like mm. on the easel or whatever, and I was looking, and mine was a chicken. Like, I don't pay no damn chicken. Oh, sorry, no, it's fine. <laughs> You're so fine. I was like, I don't paint a chicken, and so um, I started painting this chicken, mm. and it was amazing. And it had depth, and it had yeah. like layers, and it had shadows, and it yes. had. And I was like, wait a minute! Yeah. And I went up to the artist afterwards, and I was like, I have a question. Mm. I was like, do you always paint with a reference photo? Yeah. And she looked at me. She was like, the percentage of artists mm. who can paint something with this much detail yeah. out of their heads yeah. is very, very small. Mm. Or somebody who has been like really, really well practiced. Yeah. And she taught me about, she's like, we actually collect reference photos. It's why mm. I've got like stacks of magazines okay. and that like, yeah. she was like, she told me, she's like, carry around a sketchbook. When mm. you see a tree, mm-hmm. it's like, look at a real tree, sketch mm. the shape of a real tree so mm. that when you come and you try to paint a tree out of your head, right, right. you're painting what you think a tree looks like as opposed to painting what an actual Mm. tree looks like right and so for me um painting became a practice Mm -hmm. in seeing things as they are not Mm -hmm. as i want them to be yeah and that was not just about art yeah i was about it doesn't sound like it's about that that was not just about art yeah that was about like acknowledging like what is like am I trying to make this relationship something that is mm. not am I trying to see something yeah. in here like what what happened if I just saw it for what it was yeah. and like didn't judge it as good and Oof, bad or yeah. pretty or not pretty or yeah. what like like what yeah. does it open up in me if I can just like be in relationship with people yeah. and just like be with them and this is who they are and that's it. And there's no judgment about that. And how can I, so, so painting for me has been like an exercise in like being present and being mindful and like seeing things for what they are and Mm -hmm. not like projecting all my Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. onto things. Mm. Um, and, and, then I actually painted something and I was like, Oh my God, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that's kind of beautiful. And then I fell in love with painting black women and I Mm. fell in love with painting body parts. And I have all these paintings around my house of like my different body parts. I have my left breast Mm -hmm. over here. (laughs) I have like downstairs, like have my eye. Like Mm -hmm. I started like just getting a, like a little part of a hole and like focusing on the detail of Mm -hmm. that. Right. That's good. Yeah. And, um, and so, and that was about practice, but it was also about like me accepting myself and accepting Mm, my body. So like a lot of my self portraits, like Mm -hmm. a lot of the, 
um, the art where I've used myself mm -hmm. as a reference image has been about seeing me myself mm -hmm. for who I am yeah. and not for who I want to be and yeah. not trying oh not it's mm, okay not trying to paint myself yeah. skinnier yeah. or not trying to paint myself with less freckles yeah. or not trying to paint myself without the wrinkle yeah it's like no like yeah. what is is what is perfect yeah and so like like making that like visible in the world for myself and yeah. like evaluating like when it like if i'm if i'm painting someone someone else mm -hmm. like you know, if I, if I'm trying to slim someone else down in mm. something else that I'm saying, then like, mm. ooh, then this like I need to interrogate yeah. my own fat phobia, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, what is it that makes me think that this person can't exist in the world yeah. as they ex exactly yeah. as they are? That I have to like change them or mm. improve them somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so art making has been about my. Um, just like that, like yeah. my like my own yeah. like transformation and interrogation of like, oh, what is beautiful? Yeah, right. Yeah, what is beautiful, and what have I internalized mm. um, from like messed up, harmful systems yeah. about what is beautiful in yeah. comparison to like, no, like this is beautiful yeah. because it's beautiful, just yeah. like it is <laughs> because it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that's really good. That's really good. Um, yeah. So, um, what about your art? Um, so as you talked about before, you're starting to put your art on greeting cards and you were saying that you're using, I'll let you explain it. So the greeting cards, how did that, how did that idea come about? Like, to... Um, I actually, I think it just came up in a dream. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I remember you and I were in a conversation mm -hmm. about putting my work out there and yes. like you photographed some of my work and I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with that? And mm -hmm. I just think in a dream, it was mm -hmm. like, oh, if I put it on greeting cards mm -hmm. and, and at the time I was actually thinking about printing greeting cards with, um, photographs of like some of my canvas mm -hmm. painting or mm -hmm. something like that. That's what I, that's actually what I had in mind. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, that's still mm -hmm. me holding on mm -hmm. to something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like still me having attachment. I still have the original, it's, <laughs> yes. you know, this is a print out there. Right. And so I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm going to actually try just like painting. Yeah. Like, directly on to the cards like yeah. hand painting the cards and putting them out there in the world and that's a practice of non-attachment yeah right mm -hmm. like i'm not gonna because on, in some on some level yeah. holding on to a piece of art for me is mm -hmm. about like holding on to the opportunity to improve it mm -hmm. okay do you know what i'm Got saying you. yes like like as long as i yes. still have it i can yeah. still make it better yeah. i can still make it something yeah. else right yeah mm -hmm. and so um, so letting things go and like be out in the world and like having just having an internal sense mm -hmm. of like when it's complete, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. that's what it is. It's yeah. complete and and it's out in the world. Yeah. And that and I have no attachment to it, yeah. right? No, yeah. No if somebody mm -hmm. else loves it and they decide yes. that they want to like frame it and keep it, mm -hmm. or if they pitch it and they throw it out and it just made them happy for the moment that they got it. Sure. Yeah. Not having no attachment yeah. to that. Yeah. Um. Just. Yeah, just wanted to create. And if I never if I never buy greeting cards anymore, mm, yeah. then this is gonna yeah. be this is gonna be me <laughs> producing more art than I have ever yes. produced. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no. if I think about all the times I give cards, <laughs> yeah. like this actually will make me yeah. like produce art more yeah. and more and more. It's like, yeah. oh, you like be creative. And yeah. then I it makes me think about 
Like, I, I think about a person a whole lot more if yeah. I'm going to, like, decide what image to paint on a greeting card for yeah. them than I it's would when thoughtful. I'm standing in an aisle right. like, being really mad because <laughs> this card costs $7 exactly. and it don't even say what I wanted to say, you know? <laughs> that is so real. That is so real. Um, I like that idea of of letting it go, like, giving it away. Um, because I am someone... I, I struggle with perfectionism. and I, And I think with art because it's subjective yeah like but in your mind you have an idea of what you want it to look like and versus where you are right now and um and they say that art is never really finished it's just like you just stop right like okay i'm done because you can always tweak and add little things and or take away or whatever and i find even with like photography like sometimes i'm just like no like i i almost fell into the idea of like photoshopping bodies and things like that and you know while it is a good like money source it didn't really align with who I am. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I want real authentic. Like, you, if you have freckles, yes. you have freckles. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you have stretch marks, you have stretch marks. You right. know what I'm saying? I have them. Like, right. it's fine. Like, it's, it's, and I wanted to do that too to like show people like, you are beautiful. You know what yes. I'm saying? You don't have to look like somebody in them. First, they're not real. These people in right. magazines, one, aren't real. And if they are, okay, so be it. You know what I'm saying? But I wanted people to, um, to one, love themselves. But also, I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't want to determine, you know, like, I didn't want to be like, okay, well, you should, because that's weird, to me, that's weird, like, I'm not, I'm not playing God, I'm not, you know, shaping your body, you are who you are, and that's fine, right. you know, in this moment, right. um, but I think, yeah, the idea of, like, giving it away, I think is really beautiful, I do, because um, it's really hard for me to give, <laughs> give things away, especially, like, when you create it, because you attach your, you attach yourself to something, and it's really not you, like, it's just, it's something you made, you know what yeah. I'm saying, like, it's healthy to have, it's healthy to have a, uh, it's healthy to have a healthy relationship with your art. Um, because like you were saying, if you're one, okay, sorry. One, if you're, if you're, if you're creating, if you're creating art for the sake of creating, like you said, then it should be easy to just be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, here you go, whatever. Not saying that your art doesn't mean anything, but it doesn't mean anything about you. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 So the, the attachment piece, like mm-hmm. as this particular card that I'm working on, yeah. like I really like it. Yeah. Right. It's like, <laughs> oh man, I like yeah. that image. Yeah. And I think what can happen is like I can get attached to this particular version that yeah. I created and I think behind that behind letting it go mm-hmm. is to to me like some some doubt mm-hmm. about like am I an imposter like that mm-hmm. was a fluke Got right yes. like if it if it was something that was good yeah or that I looked at and I judged it as yeah. good, then I'm like, that's a fluke. Yeah. I can't do it again. Wow. And since yeah. I can't do it again, I need yeah. to hold on to it. Wow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's something about this. It's like, no, I'm going to put it out in the world yeah. because I can do this yeah. again. Yeah. Like I can, I made that. Yeah. I can make this. Like what in the world makes me yes. think that I can't? Yeah. Like, and so I'm constantly interrupting my delusion yeah. that I'm an imposter. Yeah. And yeah. it is a delusion. Yeah. It's like, no, you're not an imposter. Like you're, you like yeah, you're an artist, and yeah. you're getting better, and yeah. you're like trying new techniques, <laughs> yes. and you like you'll get better. Yeah. Can I be better? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. I can be a lot better. Yeah, yeah. and I, I got some more breaths in my body, yes. so that means I'm supposed to get better. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. And that's good. Yeah, and um, I'll get it. I mean. The more I practice, yeah. the better I'll get. Yeah. And so, yeah. Did you ever struggle with struggle with like I guess perfectionism or like I don't know a de- 
Did you? Yeah. Really? Okay. So, so I think perfectionism is like a delusion of white supremacy, (laughs) Mm. right? I think it's like, it's one of the habits of white supremacy is the Mm. notion that there is a perfect, that there's this thing called perfect, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And that there are certain people who are closer to it than others, (laughs) right? (laughs) And so, so I just, I... Yeah, the the constantly like wanting to like change it and wanting to yeah. like fix it and that's not good enough or whatever. I yeah. I definitely think that that is um, a manifestation of perfection. Mm. But more than perfectionism, mm. like I am always astonished mm. when I do something and I think it's good. Yeah. So what I have more is like the shadow side of perfection, gotcha. right? Yeah, it's like the delusion that I'm mm. crap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I have this, yeah. like, strong belief that like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, one day, it's just going to be gone. Like, you're just not going to be able to, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, one day, you're just not going to be able to produce it. Like, somebody is going to look at that and be yeah. like, what is this trash? Yeah, yeah. That, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it could very well be that people look at this stuff and say, what is this trash? And let me tell you something. Yeah. I have been in many an uh, art gallery and thought, oh, what is this trash? Same. I'd be like, like, what? I'm good. I didn't get any. I know. Like, I'm not going. There's a certain artist. I ain't going to name no names, but people are paying like millions of dollars for his work. And I'm like, yo, that looks like something he doodled on the back of an envelope. Like, what is going on? And at all times, and And yay. And yay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yay. Because it's like, yes, this is a particular aesthetic and people value it and it's speaking to something and somebody and and to someone. And I'm just like, well, shoot, I need to put my doodles out in the world. Why not? Right? (laughs) Why not? So there were two art pieces you wanted to talk about. Were there not? The paintings? Which one? Right here. Behind you. No. Oh, yes, yes, these two. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's all good. I was like, maybe I heard that wrong. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I'm going to, so tell me about it. I'm going to take some pictures while you're talking about it. I'm listening. Okay, so this painting. Mm -hmm. So this, Alicia, this came, like, right after, um, right after you and I had the conversation about, like, showing my work, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I went to this, um, this retreat that my job was sponsoring and it was it's about um it was it's called the spiritual midwives retreat and so what we were thinking about was like what does it look like for us to hold intentional space for um for spirit to show up in movement spaces right Mm -hmm. like how do we not like keep politics and spirit separate Mm -hmm. like how like how can we like bring all of that together yeah and so i'd had a dream about my elder self. Okay. Right? <laughs> yes. And like my elder self yes. is like <clears throat> um like connected to land mm. and like growing like medicine yeah. and like knows what to do. Like yeah. like I've like studied and learned like the different medicines that mm-hmm. like our ancestors used mm-hmm. to like heal themselves and things like that or whatever. So that's like the vision that I have of yeah. my elder self. And yeah. it was this particular like vision that I had. Yeah. Yeah. And it was me and my yeah. head like wrapped in this, yes. you know, white, like out in my backyard, yeah. like growing all the things or yeah. whatever. And while I was holding this image in my head, like a coach that I have was like, you should paint that. Mm. And I was like, Oh, like I can't paint. Like I'm just going through all these things. <laughs> yeah. And um, I never used watercolor before because mm-hmm. I was traveling for this trip. I bought a little travel watercolor yeah, case. Yeah, okay, yeah. 
and the whole show my work thing yeah. was okay here's a medium that I've never worked with mm. obviously there's some <laughs> learning that was happening here um, it was a medium that I had never worked with and I was like okay I'm gonna absolutely put myself out there mm-hmm. and I painted this while other people were watching me. yes yeah I was like yeah. what so <laughs> it's I mean there's all the kind of ways it looks like yeah. a school art project no. but it was um but it was just like I mean for people to look at it and they're like is that echinacea I'm like yes look you at can you. identify the flowers yes I'm like I am here for it yeah and then this one in particular mm-hmm. was okay so this photo this picture is called um Emerson at in 2073 okay so um, for my job, part of what, one of the, um, I want to say like experimental spaces that we're holding is, um, around connecting to storytelling for the purposes of number one, like how do we root and ground ourselves in our stories? How do we like fully humanize each other through our stories mm-hmm. so that when we're thinking about like what does not work in this world and what do we need to create for all of us to thrive? Like mm-hmm. like we're doing this as whole people, right? Like mm-hmm. we're seeing seeing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so and and from that place of like understanding who we've been, understanding um like our history, um how do we build a muscle to tell the story of the future that we want to create? Mm. And so I've been hosting these um, practice circles Mm -hmm. with people who are coming together to learn and to like to practice storytelling. And so, um, so we meet on zoom, which is like incredible that this can actually happen in virtual space. And um, we're telling all different kinds of stories Mm -hmm. and not, it's not a creative writing mm-hmm. thing, right? Like, we're not asking people to write stories ahead of time. Yeah. We're asking people to, like, connect to inspiration. Wow. And, like, spontaneously, like, yeah. we're going to tell these different kinds of stories. And so people don't know what the prompts are from yeah. one week to the ne- to the next. Yeah. But the arc of this particular story practice was that people, would, we, we started telling um, stories from the past. Mm-hmm. And um, we got to the point where we were project, we were creating characters and um, uh, telling stories that are anywhere from one generation to seven generations out, right? Oh, so wow. twenty to one hundred and forty years out. And so Emerson, this person is, um, she's actually my six month old goddaughter. And so I told a story about Emerson. Um, when she is becoming an elder, like when mm-hmm. she is expecting her first grandchild. Oh, wow. And so in this picture, like this, this is a painting of me envisioning her and the world that she'll be in, in 2073, which will be a hundred years from when I was born. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's wild. It's like, oh my gosh, she'll yeah. be 10 years older than I am now. Yeah. And yeah. that will be a hundred years oh, wow. after I was born. Oh, wow. yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, so the story is, it, so, so what is, what, what's interesting about telling these stories is like all kind of policy come out, co- policies come out because to think about where she is yeah. in life yeah. is um, like, so she has graduated from Spel she graduated from Spelman okay. and she went to Spelman free because the, um, um, 
Reparations Act required predominantly white institutions to turn over their endowment funding nice. to historically black <laughs> institutions. And so <laughs> she and all descendants of enslaved yes. um, Africans like attended these institutions for free. Yeah. But like her major was land and water studies. Yeah. So like she was like, so like I'm telling the stories, yeah. you know, like we're just telling these future yeah. stories yeah. of like what relationships are like and like how she was learning from indigenous professors who were, you know, wow. teaching at Spelman to yeah. like reconnect to that land, people who had yeah. been returned back to Georgia, mm. who had been removed in the Indian Removal Act, like those people are coming back and teaching in the yeah. institutions. And it was like that kind yeah. of um, future storytelling that like the story in the moment could get lost. Mm-hmm. And so we created art. Yeah. Like, we were, like, we created art. Like, there was, like, 12 people, and they, like, everybody thought How about... How did you get that started? Different like, characters. This is what, this is my work. This is what I do. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. No. This is what I do for work. Oh, so, it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. This is what I do for work. It's fun. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's so fun. And it was so, you know what, to be in a space where... But through art and stories, mm-hmm. people who did not know each other yeah. created deep connection, yeah. were vulnerable, yeah. are imagining a future together, and were telling stories where, like, our characters were playing with each other. That's right? really cool. So, like, um, and literally weeping from joy. Mm. I'm like... yeah. When do we weep from joy? Yeah. Like, we might laugh a yeah. lot, like, laugh really hard and a tear <laughs> comes cry. down. Yeah. But, I mean, like, to fully embody, like, yeah. joy. And it's it, it, so much so, like, the joy comes from the fact that, like, we, we're we imagining this. Yeah. So we can do it. Yeah. Like, we can create it. Yeah. Like, it's possible. Like, if we can sit here and feel this much power yeah. in relation to this art that yeah. we're making. Yeah. If we can make it in these stories, yeah. if we can make it on these, you know, these visual images that yeah. we're creating, then we can actually transform the world. Yeah. Let's be about it. I love that. I love <laughs> that. So as we're um, starting to wrap up anyway, in your mind, what would it what would it look like for you to be successful in your art? Oh. Um, for me to be successful in my art, I would be creating something every day. Hmm. the end okay that's good no that's good <laughs> that's it I always say that people should decide what success is for themselves like yeah what that looks like what that means yeah i would that's be creating good. every day yeah yeah because i think if i'm creating every day i won't have so much attachment to it and so it would be able my art would be able to move out in the world and like be in service to whatever it's supposed to be in service to mm-hmm. um but in order for that to happen I've got to be making it. Yeah. 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 No, that's good. I think people get caught up on the first part. Like, oh, no, I have to be great. And, like, no. Nope. You're just sitting. Yeah. No, I just <laughs> yeah. have to do it. Exactly. I just need to be doing exactly. it. I think, the like, the greatness will come. Yeah. If I if I make something every day. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is yeah. something I'm working on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, do you still dream? Like, do you still have dreams of the future and, like, for yourself? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so this is where I think my life feels really integrated. Like it's a it's a cornerstone to the work I do. Like mm-hmm. my paid work mm-hmm. is like we have to dream. Yeah. Like we we have to like actively um 
dream ourselves yeah. and like engage other people in dreaming yeah. of a future. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Yeah. <laughs> what would you tell an artist who who maybe hasn't even created any art yet or hasn't like taken that leap to like, okay, let me just go out and go buy the materials and see what happens. Like what would be your advice to them? So my advice would be um to go in that art store mm-hmm. or in that thrift store. Yeah. Like, you don't even have to be in an art store, right? Yeah. But just go in that place and, like, be still. Mm-hmm. Take some deep breaths low into your belly and, like, just go to what you're drawn to. Yeah. And don't try to, like, stay out of your head yeah. as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Just go to what you're drawn to. Yeah. And, like, gather those, I would say, three to five things. Mm-hmm. Five is more than a handful is too much to handle, right? Yeah, yeah. Just gather three to five things and go and make something with it. Yeah. And don't, yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and, like, and think about when it's over, like, think about, like, how did you feel? feel when you were doing that like what do you like there's so many more questions besides Mm -hmm. do you like what you produce yeah there's so many more other questions to like how much time went by Mm, yeah while you were doing that like and what did you what were you feeling in that time Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and when was the last time you actually felt that for that long right like that's why your Mm -hmm. art making matters Mm -hmm. and go for it it could Mm -hmm. be the art store it could be go to the grocery store Mm -hmm. it could be (laughs) you know what I mean yeah yeah go to the music store go whatever Mm -hmm. music store can get kind of expensive but you know (laughs) back to the thrift store (laughs) pick up the recorder like one of the things that's still in my (laughs) art studio is my recorder from elementary school (laughs) do you know I still play it I do it's like I still pick up the little recorder yeah. and I'm just like just make yeah. art yeah. just make music yeah. yeah yeah I like that I like that um and do you have any recommendations for other people whether it be like a book or like music or whatever like do you have any recommendations for anyone who might be I guess wanting to be an artist who is an artist who whatever so there are a couple of things <laughs> that come to mind immediately yes. and that I haven't touched in a really long time mm-hmm. the book the artist way yes i would book. definitely recommend yeah. people do that take themselves on artist dates mm-hmm. like um like do morning pages like mm-hmm. do those activities and those practices um that are in the artist's way and then the other thing that i found that was really cool and i didn't do it this year is there's this online like if you can find it on Instagram. It's called the Hundred Day Project, mm-hmm. and it's an art project. It's a it, you engage like you commit. If you commit to a hundred day project, mm-hmm. then you commit to a hundred days of creating something every day, taking a picture that's of cool. it and putting it on Instagram. Really? Yes. That's really cool. That's really cool. It's so cool because mm-hmm. there's like a such a huge community yeah. of people yeah. who are like doing it together yeah. and like sharing all that stuff. And you mm-hmm. can just go through and like literally some people just draw like a few lines on yeah. a sheet of paper yeah. and that like I did it. I yeah. created something today. Yeah. And like yay, yeah. celebrate. Yeah. yeah. That's good. I, I like that. I'm gonna have to check that out because that, that actually seems like something I need. I need community or something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway. Um, so do you have anything that you like to plug or anything? Anything for yourself? It's okay if you 
don't. It's fine. I don't. It's, it's not like it's like I think about podcasts now, and I'm just okay. like, people are like, yeah, I put my da da. Like I don't have any art that exists on the internet okay. for and anybody. That's cool. it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I don't have any way um, mm. for people to plug. But what I would say yes. this is like. If people are, like, if anything that I shared about, like, visioning mm. and, like, storytelling, mm. like, to create a future or something like that is of interest to anyone, yes. check out residence-network.org. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the storytelling practice mm. is up there, the community building. Like, that's how we center our work. Mm-hmm. So you can check out my work at mm-hmm. Residence Network. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Residence. Uh, like sound. Res- yeah, resonance. Okay, this yeah, is a yeah, branding yeah. issue, oh, by no. the way. No, it is. It's a branding issue that yeah. every time I say resonance network, yeah. people think I'm saying residence. residence. Yeah. <laughs> so it's either my pronunciation or we've exactly. got a brand challenge. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that's a place where we're playing around with it. Yeah. And it's like for me, it's like, oh, it's not like plug myself as an artist versus mm-hmm. like plug my work because. Yeah part of the world that I see is where we get to be integrated whole people mm. and we all have to like compartmentalize ourselves mm. and yeah. so um, so yeah so I get to play in this way there too yeah so, yeah no come play with that's that. really good <laughs> yes <laughs> So, Alexis, thank you so much for doing oh, this. Seriously, you. this is great. I really want to come back in because there's so many other questions I could ask, but I know I only have like a certain amount of time. But, um, but yes, but thank you for doing this interview. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Yay, boss. <laughs>